Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Hey, y'all. We're going to be talking about gardening. Got a little bit of feedback, sounds like. I'm not sure. But anyway, for the next hour or so, we're going to be talking about gardening. That's it, just gardening. Gardening in the South, as a matter of fact. So if you've got some things you'd like to chat about here at Mississippi Public Broadcast, and me and Java Chapman and my producer and all the other folks, that's what we're going to do. Hook us all up. If you've got some things you'd like to chat about or talk about or share with or have some interesting events or just want to talk gardening, that plus a little cheesy music, that's what we've got coming up in the next uh, little while. So if you want to give us a call, it ain't no problem at all. We can take a real quick break for some uh, news and be back with the Gestalt Gardener, and we're going to get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Okie dokie, folks. What's up? We're going to be talking about gardening for the next hour or so, so if you've got some things to chat about, give us a call. Me and Java sitting here trying to uh, enjoy this weird weather we've had this week and just just chilling. That's what we do in the middle of the winter. Got lots of stuff we can do this time of year. Uh, you got to keep an eye on the weather. Got to keep in mind the dirt's not always easy to dig in January or July, for that matter, and plan ahead a little bit. But this is a good time to be thinking about what you're going to do. Uh, and again, if you've got some things you'd like to yak about, Give me a call. Uh, there's only one thing I know of that uh, that's going on right now, garden-related, in our listening area. Uh, and if you're going to be anywhere near the Gulf Coast this weekend, the Mississippi Gulf Coast Beekeepers Association is starting their free beekeeping 101 course. That's going to be Saturday, tomorrow, uh, from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock. It's going to be at the Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College in Gautier, in room 200. But anyway, Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, Two to four on Saturday, Beekeeping 101. It's a consecutive course, three-week uh, course uh, with hands-on field days in March and April, and everybody's welcome. It's free. So if you're interested in keeping bees, I think that'd be fun. By the way, if you do go there, ask them to cover the native bees, where's your, where you can create little, little bee homes for the little small pollinator bees, which are a lot more efficient, a whole lot more efficient uh, than the honeybees without near as much trouble. Don't want to get too much into that unless you want to give me a call and talk about it. Uh, but again, that's going to be uh, one of the things coming up. And if you know of some events that are going on I can help promote, shoot me an email. It's real easy. Garden at mpbonline.org. Only other thing I got on my calendar is I'm going to be giving my annual uh, home fruit seminar. It's really intense, covers a lot of stuff types of fruits, variety, best varieties of each type, uh, how to plant them, how to prune them, taking care of pest control, all that stuff. That's a free seminar I give every year in Jackson, and uh, it's going to be at Hutto's uh, Garden Center in Jackson on Saturday, February the 16th. So if you're going to be around at all, then, you know, that, let's, let's, let's do that. Let's have some fun. Uh, grow some fruit at home. Uh, if you can't make it, I have got uh, a little brochure I'll put together on uh, different kind of fruits that do well in our part of the country, from uh, uh, Tennessee down the Gulf Coast, Alabama, Louisiana, parts of Arkansas. So if you want to shoot me an email sometime, I'll be glad to send you that little PDF that I've got on growing fruit at home. A little bit about pruning, but mostly the best types of fruit and the best varieties of each type. A little bit about uh, how to care for them. Uh, again, shoot me an email anytime. Garden 
at mpbonline.org. Uh, it is a live program if you want to give us a call and talk about gardening. By the way, the first caller who, who, who wants to, I've got two different selections of my cheesy music. You know, every every week I have this little break just to sort of throw our timing off a little bit. Around the uh, end, of, around 30 minutes after I play a cheesy tune, I've got one that's really, really upbeat, and I've got one that's really, really laid back. You know, and everybody knows we could use a little upbeat and a little laid back right now. So whoever calls, if you want to decide whether you feel like an upbeat tune or a laid back tune, that's what me and Java are going to throw at you in just a few minutes. We've got the lines wide open if you want to give us a call. Uh, again, toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Uh, by the way, it's National Peculiar People Day. An alert listener sent that to me. I like to celebrate things. And National Peculiar People Day. I doesn't mean bad uh, or even that different. Just pecu- We all have a little bit of it. I got a, hey, I've got a couple of three quotes here to throw at you uh, to celebrate National Peculiar People Day. One is, being weird is just a side effect of being awesome. I think that's, that's yeah, if you're awesome, you could be a little weird. How about this? Being weird adds spice to life. Having weird friends just deepens the flavor. So anyway, uh, if you've got some things you want to chat about, we'll do that. Otherwise, this is the way it's going to go for the next few minutes. Uh, hey, Java, I know the weather's been kind of weird. Um, speaking of weirdness, it's been really strange right now. A yeah, bit warm. Yeah, it's really warm to say that it's uh you know the tenth day of January and uh, we got some severe weather um, on the horizon over the weekend too. So yeah, it's kind of a crazy weather time here in Mississippi. You know, and I'm going to predict something. A lot of people uh, know about uh, what what they used to call Indian summer. You know, in the fall, somewhere around State Fair after that, we always get a frost and then it warms up and everybody feels good. Well, that's called Indian summer. When we have strange weather like this job in the middle of the, the wintertime, really warm days, and then suddenly it drops cold out of the clear blue, that's called Blackberry Winter. Now, usually we have it sometime in March uh, or early April, but Blackberry Winter is that sudden freeze that we, we always get after being lulled in this kind of stuff. There are irises blooming right now. There's paper whites, there's daffodils, uh, camellias, all sorts of stuff blooming across the south. And uh, that's the kind of stuff that we appreciate. But just understand that this kind of weather is not that good for our gardens because after the cold weather we had last month, this can actually uh, make plants think that, okay, winter's over and some things might start blooming a little bit early. So anyway, nothing we can do about it. Relax, enjoy it, take it like it comes. Uh, Hey, let's slide up to uh, Octibal County to start balls. Good morning, Michael. Thank you for calling. Hey, good morning, Felder. Happy New Year's. Hey, thank I, you. I have a question. I have a question for you. We always talk about our uh, our stuff, right? But I have mm. one three part question. What's your favorite ornamental? Your favorite uh, 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 fruit or, or vegetable? Sorry, and your favorite tree. What do you like to grow for your own satisfaction? Ooh, boy, that is really horrible. You know, I, I like a lot of stuff, including some things that some people think are boring or old-fashioned because I like to be dependable. Uh, so really, if you could ask me what month 
of those things to be great. If I had to have a favorite flower, and you know, in, in garden experts, supposed to be impartial, but every time the little jonquils bloom, jonquils are those little small yellow, very fragrant daffodils with the skinny leaves, a little quill. That's where they get the name jonquil. When they bloom, their fragrance takes me back to being nine and ten years old in my great grandmother's garden because she grew lots of them. So I like the jonquils, and plus they bloom in the middle of the winter. As far as fruits or, or figs, hands down, because that's a southern thing. And let's face it, you can get maple syrup anywhere in the world, but you got to know somebody get homemade fig preserves. Uh, figs and um, vegetables, I like peppers. They're good. They're good for you. They're easy to grow. Um, as far as trees, hard to beat our native bald cypress tree, unless it's maybe the little Jim magnolia that looks so good and blooms, or better yet, a magnolia beside a cypress. How about you? What do you think? What are yours, Michael? Well, uh, originally, I'm from Pennsylvania. My grandfather immigrated from Italy, and he, I think he's the only person in Pennsylvania. He had a huge garden. Uh, he had stories growing up, picking grapes for five cents a day. But um, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> he had uh, uh, two fruit trees in southeastern Pennsylvania, believe it or not. Uh, two fig trees, I'm sorry. Two fig trees in southeastern yeah, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, as a matter of uh, fact, uh, he probably brought them as cuttings with him. Uh, he, yeah, he could have, and he brought, he, he brought his wine press also. And, uh, <laughs> I, bet you, uh, I bet you he has some fig cuttings in there, because that's where a lot of them came from, the Mediterranean. Huh. And uh, so I'm on board with peppers, uh, I mean, orna as ornamentals uh, uh, for for food. If you want sweet peppers, like uh, Corno di Tordo, are delicious. Uh, uh, hot peppers. And they're pretty. In a pot of they're pretty. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They really are. And uh, I guess for flowers, uh, being from a being a uh, from Southern Pennsylvania, huh? black you, you can say peony, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, they they're sticky and they stink. <laughs> we had a bunch of pink ones. <laughs> so, what would be your favorite flower if you had to have one? Oh, wildflowers, uh, black eyed susans. Absolutely, and they're and they're native too. That's a really good question, a, the, a good little challenge to throw out. I appreciate it, man. How, how you like this kind of weather? They're, they're not having this weather in the Delaware Valley right now. I can tell you that because that's where you're from, the Delaware Valley. Yes, sir. Uh huh. Yeah, well, the banks of the Brandywine River, and uh, yep. But oh, this, this is amazing. I, I'm just amazed at the uh, uh, the variety of uh, Mississippi, from uh, the Gulf Coast up to uh, the Delta. Uh, uh, the incredible uh, deer herd, the uh, uh, beautiful uh, wildflowers here, and uh, uh, it's just a just kind of a cool place to be. It really is. All right. Do you find the people here uh, like to share stuff, or do they kind of standoffish to you? I, both people are the same everywhere you go. Everywhere you go in the world, they're they're the same. Yeah, the good and the bad, and I would have to say that. Uh, we, uh, if Mississippians wanted to concentrate on one thing, it would probably be improving their driving skills. And, uh, so. <laughs> and spitting. Don't forget <laughs> spitting. <laughs> hey, man, okay, I appreciate sir. your call, Michael. Thank you. Yeah. Hope to meet you someday. Yeah, me too. Uh, hope, uh, okay. your show. Definitely appreciate it. <laughs> All righty. Now, folks, we're going to take a real, real quick break. We've got uh, somebody from the Delta. Michael mentioned the Delta. We've got somebody from can't hardly be more for the Delta than this place. But anyway, if you have a choice between something upbeat or something really laid back, that's my two choices of music today. I've got my, my cheesy tune, got two of them lined up, che laid back 
or upbeat. I don't know. Mississippi Public Broadcasting, we like to cater to everybody, uh, but be fair to everybody. So you feel good, you feel laid back, bring it on. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, me and Java Chapman, all the other folks here at MPB. We're going to take a, a really, really quick break. By the way, we should, Johnny Depp said, we should all celebrate our individuality and not be embarrassed or ashamed of it. We'll be right back with more after this. Hey, this is Malcolm White with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. All righty, folks. Welcome back to the Culture's Fellow Rushing. Uh, as soon as I get to talking with this next fellow, we're going to have the lines wide open. So why don't you give me a call? 1-877-MPB-RING. Let's go up to, to the... Just north of the heart of the Delta to Lyon, Mississippi. Hey, Homer, thank you for holding. What's up, man? Hey, Phil. How you doing? Happy New Year to um, everybody. Uh, thank you. Pre- appreciate it. Look, I'm, I, I've am i called in before. I raised greens, and I've uh-huh. never raised them in the spring. Uh, I actually processed them. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to try my hand this year at planting them in the spring. Just to see, yeah. because that's, that's one thing I like about trying to grow stuff. I was raised on a farm. Is actually, you know, nobody's gonna beat you up if you if you try and fail. And <laughs> the worst <laughs> thing can happen, you can learn something. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, so so, but you've always just planted stuff in the fall and try to make it over the winter. You haven't planted in the spring, right? The greens. Yeah, but it's amazing. You know, we had that real, I think they said it's 55 years. Uh, we have not had a frost that early. And actually, it took out a lot of my greens. And But they, it is amazing. Those things have came back. And with this weather we have, I mean, they're yeah. just thriving and getting big again. Well, the, yeah, and there's, there's a couple of things. First of all, it wasn't just a frost. We had a record free. We It, it got really really cold real fast and they could you know the, the greens can take frost they can even take a light freeze they couldn't take it down into 20 like it hit up at the deltas it was too cold too soon uh but right. one thing about it is is after they get a little frost they taste sweeter they're actually better they do, they do. <laughs> uh but now on the other hand if you wait too late you know here's here's a trick with growing stuff uh greens like lettuce turnips mushrooms things like that uh this time of year if you plant it too early and the plants come up while they're still small they're more susceptible to freezes that they could normally take so you get so it's going to be a gamble getting them up and tough enough in between frost and freezes this time of year. So I'd wait till sometime maybe the middle of February or so before I get started. You got you, you, your odds are better. The other thing is you want to make sure you plant them early enough so you can harvest them before it gets hot because that's, that makes them bitter. So it's going right. to be mostly a gamble of trying to get them up and tough in between the frost we have. So that's going to be a gamble. Yeah, well, but I, I like about farming. Yeah, I mean, trying to yeah. grow stuff. You, 
you you don't have to you don't have you don't lose as bad when you lose. <laughs> <laughs> I like your style, man. Well, listen, do you do you grow any kind of kale collards or kale or just uh, leafy greens? Mustard and lettuce I, and stuff. I grow, I grow mustards. I grow collards. I grow kale. Uh, I grow a Georgia uh, mustard that is fantastic. Good I and mean, sweet, not too like hot. A collard. Yeah. Well, if you get a chance, there's a different kind of kale that I've been growing. It's hard to find it commercially. You get the seeds, but it's called lasanata. It's called blue kale. It's it's a pretty plant. It's just as tough as, as, as collards, but it's pretty. But it's also one of the sweetest you can grow, and it'll take 10 below zero. So anyway, main yeah, thing is awesome. go ahead and start getting – if you can get stuff rolled up, ready to go, because when it's time to plant, in between frost, you got to get right on it, and the ground might be muddy. Yeah. So I go ahead and get some some areas bedded up uh, as soon as you can, so you're ready to go sometime next month. Fellow, the tractor is running now. I I, I started <laughs> it up to break up. <laughs> okay, hey, let me ask you this: I got a choice of two kinds of music. One's really really upbeat. One's really really laid back. Which would you like to hear today? Uh, Friday. Let's do yeah. a little upbeat. I used to be in radio. Okay. Uh, but well, yeah, let's do a little upbeat. It's Friday. This this is gonna get you going, man. Appreciate it. Stay hey, lay low. It's gonna hunker down this weekend. All right, y'all take care. Bye. Okay, thank you, Homer. All righty, now let's go all the way down the Gulf Coast to Wool Market. Hey, Walter, thank you for calling. Morning, Felder. Uh, I grab much of my peppers. And cherry tomatoes in pots. They're like about a five-gallon pot. Yeah. And every year I dump them out, and I add uh, Mighty Grow. That's a chicken fertilizer, and then I use put some black cow in there, some cottonseed yeah. meal, and then I put some eight-eight or ten-ten in there, and a little bit of lime. And I'm wondering if I should dump them out every year. Like that, and redo them. And I add a, add some new potting soil too. I always add a little bit of like a third of new potting soil. Yeah, is that a good idea? Yeah. To do that? Well, it, it, first of all, you know, there, there's there's a lot of scientists, a lot of horticulturists and master gardeners who train by horticulture who think you got to do everything by the book. I wrote the yeah. book, and I'm telling you, you don't. Ha- I, I wrote it, and you don't have to do it by the book. I would just dump the stuff out. Mix a little stuff with it, put it right back in. Just add some stuff to it, but but don't be adding the the, the triple ten or triple eight. Don't don't add that every year because two of the ingredients okay. they've got in them, the phosphorus of potash, they last yeah. a long time, at least a couple of years. So what I would do okay. is every other year, just use a little cottonseed meal or some kind of nitrogen. But you don't need to add the lime every time. You don't need to use the eight eight or the or, or the ten ten. You don't have to add you. that every time. In other words, hold, it, hold back on the fertilizer. <laughs> Keep them lean and mean. <laughs> I had last year they made it through the the freeze, but this year it got them. But I had peppers that were two years old. About ninety percent of them made it through. I didn't even cover yeah. them up, and uh, they did well with this. And I, you know, just add a little uh, compost and, and topsoil to the top of the pot, you know, where it shrunk, and uh, they did good that second year. So that's what you know, I was asking you. Yeah, I, I was I was stirred all together rather than have layers. This, this you know, this, this ain't Mama's cheesecake we're talking about. This is this is tomato gravy we're talking about. <laughs> <I hear you laughs> Appreciate brother. it, man. Good luck all on right. it. 
Okay. <laughs> tomato. Where did I get tomato gravy from Java? Have you ever, you know, you, you were born and raised in the city. Your grandmother ever make tomato gravy at home? No, I'm not going to say no, but, um, but you, I don't, I don't remember eating but, it. <laughs> <laughs> tomato gravy is great over leftover cornbread, but anyway, we're not going to go there. Uh, hey, we got time. Did you get the message about we want upbeat in a minute? Yeah, it's already uh, locked and loaded. So when, when we <laughs> okay. get when we get there, we upbeat. All right. Hey, let's slide over to Mobile County. Hey, Melanie, thank you for calling. Hello. Good morning. Howdy. What's up? Well, with this weather, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I have a couple of questions, but to start off with, um, so I was in the big box store the other day, and they had a bag of onion sets there for 50 cents, you know, reduced. <laughs> right. So I bought them, and I was wondering, uh, gosh, when I planted them, there was twice or three times as many as I thought there was. Yeah. When they start showing some green, can I pull pull those up and eat that? I mean, will that be good? Yeah, you know, on the Gulf Coast, because of our weird weather, and, and, and onions are, are strange plants. They're, the growth is affected by the day length as well as temperature and stuff. And so a lot of times when you plant those those little small bulbs, little onion sets, sometimes all they make is just greens. And you can eat those perfectly well and you know, eat, eat what you thin. Uh, how, how deep did you, did you plant these, Melanie? I just kind of shoved them down in there as far as my finger would send them. <laughs> Okay. Well, the reason I'm saying because people who grow onions, you know, who've been growing them a long time, they plant them real shallow. As a matter of fact, when they're when the when the onion starts to swell up, they actually pull dirt away from soil away from them, so that oh. they end up sitting on top of the ground. That's oh. you know, so so if they're buried deep, they're not going to do as well. But also because they don't have very good roots, they got real small roots. Right. You need to kind of spoon feed them, give them a little fertilizer two or three times because the fertilizer is pretty in our range washes right past the roots real quick. So a little bit of fertilizer. As soon as they come up uh, again, a couple of three weeks later, maybe uh, another time a little bit later, but spoon feed them a little at a time, two or three times. I threw some uh, lettuce seeds in on top of them yesterday. So I figured yeah, this, this could be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be perfect. You get my juice going here. Now, if it was only t- cherry tomato weather too. <laughs> Okay, so now I, I have a, a rose or two that I want to move, but it's so warm now that they're not dormant. And I want to take some cuttings, which I would normally take in January. But I looked at the forecast this morning. It's going to be 70s next week. So I'm like, should I do it now or hope for some cold weather in February? Uh, let's let's go ahead. I mean, you've, you've had some cold weather. And right. I know they still got leaves, but if you want to, to to wait till we get another little bit of frost or something, that'd be fine. But you can take those cuttings right now. You you know the the worst that can happen, Melanie, if you prune your roses now, when we get a warm spell, they're going to put out new growth, which might freeze in a late frost, but that won't hurt the plants. So yeah. you know you, you might want to. Go ahead and take some cuttings now, but I'd wait another month before you do your hard pruning. And if you want to move some stuff, uh, take a little time to dig the hole where they're going first. And then if you feel like moving them, just cut them back before you move them. I wouldn't worry too much about the weather. And one more thing. On the daffodils, I've got a bunch of tete-a-tetes, which I think they're so crowded now they didn't bloom as well as they should last year. And, of course, I never actually got around to move, separating them. So yeah. I kept thinking, well, I need to let the top... Does the top need to be completely down or just when it starts turning yellow and brownish? 
Once the tops turn start start not being green anymore, then they're not working. You know, if they flop over or they're not just bright green, then they've sent all the energy to go into down the roots. So as, okay. as long as they're starting to look off color or flop over, you can move them. You can divide them then. Okay, good. Because you know, if you let them go completely down, then you can't remember exactly where they were. <laughs> Well, I, I, you, you and me, I can't. As a matter of fact, I cannot tell you how many times I've planted stuff and sliced through some of my favorite bulbs. But that's just part of it. Anyway, I appreciate right, you, Kyle, well, this morning. You stay warm and, and ride right around the coast and notice that the paper whites and the jonquils also bloom well on the Gulf Coast. The little, little small, fragrant you know, yellow jonquils are among the best for a lot of the Gulf Coast. My paper whites bloomed before Christmas. I mean, they just did. Yeah, that. yeah, mine too. Mine were full bloom, uh, middle, middle of December. Yeah, so, but hey, whenever anyway, they bloom, I'm happy to see them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Melanie. Appreciate it. All righty, bye-bye. Okay, now let's slide up to Canton, Mississippi. Hey, Ronnie, good morning. This is Ronnie. How are you, Felder? So far, so good. What's up? Uh, not too much. A friend of mine got a money tree. I never heard of it, but it was in a little bitty pot, and it looked like it needed repotting. So I got a bigger pot. I tried to find the right kind of soil. I Googled it. It said I needed sandy soil mixed with peat moss. Uh, I yeah. didn't need a whole lot of peat moss. The only kind I could find was those great big bags. So I asked the lady at the store, and she thought this um, soil mix with a different kind of moss would work. Yeah, I'm trying to find out what a money tree is. I'm 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 going online right now. Have you got another name for it? No. Okay, I well, I I'm, I'm, see all sorts of stuff. This is a tropical plant, right? It's not an outdoor plant. Right, it's inside plant. Yeah, because I see some stuff on money money tree, but I, I, I can't look it up right now. i got bifocal zone. Uh, here's the deal. Okay. Any kind of, if this is an indoor potted plant, any kind of ordinary, good quality potting soil. Now, I don't recommend brands because I, there's no advertising, no sponsors. I like the stuff called they call miracle Grow uh, because it's pretty well formulated and it lasts a long time. It's got just the right amount of drainage, got just the right amount of, of peat moss in it. But if you can't find the stuff called miracle Grow, any kind of cheap potting soil plus a little bit of bark or something to help it drain better. I wouldn't worry about all the, the details. So many horticultures get into details that aren't that important. Main thing is you want it to stay moist, but the extra water to drain out so you don't overwater a plant. So um, oh, thank you, you know, that's what I, I I wouldn't worry too much about the it's it's like recipes for cornbread okay we all use the same ingredient just different amounts okay okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, good luck on it and I'll and stay tuned if I find out more about the money plant then uh, I'll get a little bit more detail I thank you. <laughs> All righty, I do appreciate that. Uh, folks, we're going to take a real quick break. Got, uh, we had to fill up with the Delta, uh, who said that he, uh, no, excuse me, Walter, down at, at, no, 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 I'm sorry. It was Homer up in line. He said he wants some upbeat music. We got some upbeat music. I'm horticulture silver rushing, and we need something cheery, something relaxing, because it's a weird world. I'm glad we're talking about gardening, because it is a way to heal 
a hurting world. Horticulture's fellow rushing here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Take a little break for some music, sort of wipe the board, and come back with more phone calls live here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Remember, it is it is the um, uh, uh, weird people of the of, of the uh, the weird, day of the weird folks, and uh, so the weirder we get, the better it's going to be to me. We'll be right back after this. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and host of MPB's Southern Remedy, where the doctor is always in. I'd like to wish MPB a happy 50th anniversary. Okie dokie, folks. Uh, Was that upbeat enough for you? I just want to celebrate. Ain't got time for sorrow, folks, right now. We got plenty of stuff to talk about. If you want to give us a call, it's toll free 1 877 MPB ring. Before we go to the next call, let me mention that uh, I got a, an email from Susie up in Water Valley. Want to know if it's okay to trim her hydrangeas now. Whether it's hydrangeas or roses or whatever, usually we wait till, you know, February, but. Yeah, it's okay. It's not going to hurt them to go ahead and prune them back a little bit. Here's the deal with hydrangeas and figs. They produce on what grows this year as long as it sprouts off of something that grew last year. So follow the tip of your branch from the end of from the very tip back to where it started back in the spring. And on hydrangeas and figs, leave about half of that. Don't cut it all the way back. They'll sprout back out, but they won't bloom or produce figs as much. Cut them about, you know, last year's growth, 
a third halfway or something like that. You can go ahead and do it now. If you wait a little bit, it'll maybe keep them from sprouting out a little bit too early uh, a couple of months from now. Anyway, let's slide back towards Jackson in the heart of Jackson, a little, little village called Fondren. Hey, Joanna, how are you this morning? I'm good. How are you doing, Felder? So far, so good. What's up? Well, I wanted to ask you about, I like to plant host plants for butterflies. And uh-huh. Vine called a pipe vine, and I think a swallowtail lays its eggs on it, but I don't know much about it or where you would get one. Oh, well, you know, it, it's hard to find these kind of plants locally because garden centers tend to sell what people come in asking for year after year after year. Uh, sometimes they can get them for you if you ask them. If you, if you got a, you know, if you know somebody really well at a garden center, they can put in a special word. But usually you're going to have to go to a native plant sale or go online or something like that to get these kind of plants. But you're right, pipe vine swallowtail lays its eggs on pipe vine. Uh, but we also have a lot of other different kind of butterflies, uh, you know. So usually if you live in town, and I know Fonder is surrounded by a lot of trees, a lot of shrubs, usually there's enough to go around of the kind of plants that are host plants for the, the, the bigger butterflies. So anyway, if you shoot me an email, uh, I might be able to find somebody locally who's got some. We can uh, manage to hook you all up. But um, otherwise, you have to just go online. Okay. Okay. What are they? What's the? What are they like? Are are they big? Are they? Do they take over? Or do they? Well, you know, it's it's been a long, 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 long time since I grew pipe vine. And matter of fact, I don't remember what it is. It's it's got kind of a weird Latin name. Uh, looking it up real quick. Uh, let me see what it says here. Pipe vine. Uh, I don't have enough. I ain't got time to look this thing up right now. Pipe vine, swallowtails, and pipe vine. Um, Anyway, shoot me Neil, I bet. The, the, the Latin name of it is like batatas or something like that. I can't remember. Anyway, well, can't, can't help you. Yeah. Can we grow horseradish down here? Yeah. Not okay. great, but yeah. More, okay. more than most people care for. <laughs> I just thought to me, I thought if I could grow onions, garlic, and horseradish, that just seems like that would cover a lot of bases. Yeah, it sounds like you got a Bloody Mary mix going on there to me. But here's the deal with with horseradish. Uh, it doesn't like hot, hot, hot summer nights like we get. Okay, oh, okay. so you, you need to find a place where it's maybe morning sunshine up to the middle of the day, but not the middle of the day sunshine. Okay, all right. Anyway, send me, send me a little information. Uh, I've got this this uh, arist, aristolochia, whatever, some information about the pipe vine, but okay. I can't look it up and talk at the same time. I, I don't have my bifocals on now. I <laughs> understand. Okay, well, I just thought I'd call in about that and see if I might get one going somewhere. All righty. Good luck on it. Well, thank you, Felder. You have a good day. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate that. Now, we do have some weird weather ahead for us, folks. If you can get out and about and do some stuff today, maybe turn some dirt over, get something ready to plant, get it ready because the weather's not always going to be nice like this. And when it gets time to plant stuff next month, you're going to wish you'd already turned the dirt over. Uh, anyway, let's slide up now up, to, uh, up to, to Memphis, Tennessee, and talk with Chainsaw Kate. Good morning, lady. How you doing? Good morning, my friend. My, you know, I have different connections with you, but now that I know you graduated from state and I graduated from the W, that makes it a little bit even cozier. 
a bit, but we've been back and forth a whole bunch. Well, what can we yeah. help you with today? Yeah. Okay, listen, I have two or three things, so don't hang up on me. Um, I thought your friend, not your friend, the guy at um, Memphis Botanic Garden sent two ladies. He couldn't come down, but he sent two ladies down to pick up the bulbs. And um, Good. They, they remembered the street, but they didn't get the house number. And they oh, no. said to the other, I bet if we go there, we can find her house. And they got one block off of the main street, and they, the lady said, there it is, way down there. They <laughs> saw my milk, my two big bunches of milk and wine lilies that were out at the end of the bed toward the street. Fantastic, <laughs> I I fantastic. the only person in this whole mile that grows flowers. I think so. Anyway, um, I wanted to ask you a couple a couple of things. One is uh, when do what what is the botanic name of the milk and wine lady? <laughs> milk and wine lily is a type of crinum. C R I N U M. Crinum. Some people say crinum. Doesn't matter to me. P N E P O N E crinum crinum. But it's C R I N U M. And there's a okay. bunch of some that are all white and some that have you know how that that wine color is it's not really red. It's kind of a, no, it's a, a deep wine, rosy. Yeah. Well, what, right. What well, need, there's some that are solid. To, that. Okay. What I need to ask you about is I have to I have to dig them up. They have multiplied until they are smothering each other out. So um, is would it be best to I cover them good and wait uh, in, in the spring before they sprout up to to dig them. I don't really want to have to store them, but I could. Well, what I would do is every chance you get, because, you know, if you're going to dig these things, they're deep. you got to bring your lunch with you. It takes a while, and you're always going to slice through one or two. You mean I can't use my chainsaw? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, if, if you want to go ahead and dig them early, uh, I've got a really good friend named Jinx Farmer. He grows different kinds over in South Carolina and sells them. And a lot of times he'll dig them in the wintertime. But but he what he'll do is he'll put them in, uh, shake the, the dirt and the mud off and put them in pots and just throw some leaves in with them to keep them from freezing. But he, but uh-huh. they'll stay out of the pot for a long time, as long as it'll get stay too wet or get too hot. Well, these have been in the ground here for about 15 years, so they yeah. are just smothering each other out. And well, you'll have, you can have they, you can have plenty of other stuff to do come spring. So if you can get a head start on that chore, I'd go for it. Okay. Well, I thought they had died down. Well, they I thought they had frozen down to the ground, and I got all the frozen stuff off, and they're still they're still growing underneath now. I'm you know oh, underneath. Yeah. Well, so, where, where they grow naturally, they grow all year. So you know they don't like it in Memphis. You know, yeah, they, know they, they don't actually go dormant like daffodils. They get killed back. So, they're, you know, the, the, there's always going to be some green stuff down there. Anyway, what oh, else can I help okay, you with? Okay. okay. The other thing, um, I heard you mention about uh, daylilies, and I was thinking, man, I don't have to starve <laughs> ever. I have the double orange daylilies, and I bet I now have 200 or more. My husband back, he, he, he's been dead since beginning of time <laughs> long time but anyway many 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 years ago he was he used to be out on the road a lot was as a salesperson and he saw these plants alongside the road and he got out and he dug some up and brought them home to me and um he he uh, rescued a few other things but anyway and a lot of them at that time were singles but I You're kept right. on and I kept eliminating the singles and now I have not had it I've had he he passed in 1985 so you know how long I've had them and I right. have them just I'm just throwing them away 
And in the spring, I hope I can give some away, put them out, and say free daily. They're great bloomers, and they're double. They're the doubles, and they're very reliable. Right. Well, I'll tell you a little bit of quick history about that. We got a break coming up, but that double orange daylily is called Quanzo. It's the oldest cultivated daylily, and it's been grown for over three thousand years for food. And I've been, I'm not bragging here, but I've been on five continents. I've been to fancy botanic gardens. I've been in poor country gardens. Everywhere I go, that is the single most commonly grown pass-along plant on earth. There, you know, because it doesn't grow from seed. You, every time you see one, Kate, it came from somebody who got it from somebody who got it from somebody and along the roadside. So it only spreads by pieces of it, and it's grown on five – in the Royal Botanic Garden at Kew, right down to Chainsaw Kate's Garden. It is the most commonly grown pass-along plant. But the only people who don't like it are daylily people because it doesn't make seed, and they can't fancy it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think there's anyone around here that's interested in that. In fact, I'm not. I'm not I, <laughs> well, I'm any, not anyway, either. we we got we we've got to go to break, Kate. Yeah, but but thank, anyway, thank, hey, thank you for what, mentioning what, my what, name what, along with the two very uh, uh, gardening ladies that you talked about, and you said from so 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 down to chainsaw case. So I appreciate you putting me in that category. <laughs> you bet. Hey, when it comes to those daylilies, if you got too many of them, just remember what you don't beat, you can always eat. I could, was, I, could, I could have a month's food with mine. So okay. Anyway, thanks a lot. Okay, we're, we're out of here, Kate. Thank you for calling. Stay warm. Okay, folks, I'm horticulturist Phil Rushy. That's one of our callers here every now and then. She, uh, one time she wanted to know about using a chainsaw, and I told her to be careful. And she said, I got two chainsaws, young man. So we call her Chainsaw Kate. She's one of the, what I call, diggers, determined, independent gardeners, and they're the keepers of the flame. We're going to take a real quick break and come back with more phone calls here on the Gestalt Gardener, Mississippi Public Broadcasting, right after this. Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulturist fellow Russian got a bunch of callers on the line. Before we get to them, though, let me mention this. I was just Googling during the break uh, about pipe vine swallowtails, and we have native pipe vines. We have tropical pipe vines, and apparently some of the tropical pipe vines, which are ornamental plants, are poisonous to our, our, our butterflies. So if you want information about that, I'm doing a little quick research and I'll follow it up next week with more. Else you can shoot me an email, but not all pipe vines are safe for our native pipe vine swallowtail. Anyway, let's start out with our calls in Jackson. Good morning, Farrah. How are you? Morning. Howdy. What's the, thank you for holding too. What's up? Oh, I just had two questions. Well, first of all, um, 
I was looking at some of my little seed packets I bought, and it mentions on onions and I think peas. It said January was the yeah. planting time. Can I actually plant mm. those now? Nope, no. <laughs> <laughs> the, those th- those things are you know, here. Like the fellow was born to plant greens. If th- these plants can take frost and cool weather, but they can't take a freeze when they're really small. So if you wanted to get some started in pots, uh, go ahead and do that and keep the pots outdoors. I don't care if it gets down to 45 degrees, 45, 40 degrees. That'll make them sturdier and stockier and then keep them inside. But if it's going to frost, bring them in just during the frost. And this will be in, keeping them outside will make them tough enough to set out as transplants by the end of next month. And then they'll do fine. But uh, the main thing is start them inside, but Leave them outside unless it's going to actually frost and bring them in just for that. They'll be stocky and sturdy. Is there, uh, is, is there anything you can plant in January outside in a pot? Oh, there's, there's tons of stuff. I mean, any kind of perennials. I mean, my, my little garden, I've got just pots and pots and pots of stuff all the time. Uh, a lot of the winter-type plants, uh, oh, I'm, you know, I'm the sorry, pansies. I meant, I, meant, are, I meant vegetable-type. Yeah. Little, ed- oh. little edibles. Yeah, I mean, this, this is the time, you know, you could plant little onions and stuff. We're just in a kind of a weird spell where a sudden freeze can take out plants that could normally take a freeze if they're small. So uh, what you might, you know, you can start lettuces and stuff and grow those, but just be prepared to bring them in if it's going to actually, they'll take a frost, but be prepared to drag them in just during the freeze or put a little plastic tent or something over. That's the main thing is trying to protect them from a hard freeze, not just a frost. Oh, okay. Well, I just wanted, you know, to try for fun in these empty Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, try different, mix two or three different kinds of lettuce seeds together and grow your little Mississippi mescaloon. Oh, okay. My, my other question is uh, about those daylilies. Um, that sounded like fun. Where do you, yeah. uh, where's the best place to get those around here from, or from whom, I guess, would be the... Well, any daylilies are edible, but the the, the yellow and the light color ones they they, they don't have a, the the darker ones have kind of a funny aftertaste if you, if you know what I mean. But the orange daylily is one of the most commonly grown past long plant. It is everywhere, uh, and they can be transplanted while they're in bloom. So if you if you like that idea, let's wait till summertime when they start blooming. You'll see them everywhere, or give me a call. I'll, I'll tell you where where you can get some in my neighborhood. Okay. Well, that sounds like but, uh, a, a, a lot of people don't sell the old orange because uh, daylily people consider it a weed because it spreads, it grows a little too well, and it can't be hybridized because it doesn't make seed. So they just call it an old outhouse, ugly, disbank type of weed type thing. But it's not. But that's what oh. they call it. So that's the reason they don't sell it because it's not a fancy daylily. I think I might have seen them growing around. Oh, you have. Trust me on this. Anyway, shoot me an email. We'll take it from there. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. Okay, let's go to Brookhaven. Hey, Joe, thank you for calling. Uh, yeah, thanks for taking my call. You just answered my question. I was going <laughs> about to what? Lettuce. Lettuce? Yeah. You know, what it can't take is a freeze when it's little. It'll take a frost, but the main thing, if you, here's what I do, uh, uh, Joe. You get two or three different kinds, you know, some pretty kinds, some red kinds, some green kinds. That Mix the seeds together, and they get you some little pots or put some potted soil in a styrofoam egg carton or whatever and put just the tiniest little pinch of those seeds in each one and water it, and they'll be up in a week. And then you can pop those little 
little individual close, close to the plants in a bigger pot, put them outside where they get cold weather and real sunshine, and we have to bring it in if it's actually going to freeze. But, you know, that's the only thing you got to do. Leave them outside because they grow better in cool weather outside. Bring them in during freeze. Well, I normally plant them and have them growing in flower pots. I got But I think I've just been being a little bit too late. Uh, yeah, uh, again, it's it's just that little weird. That when they're small, they're susceptible to cold weather they can normally tolerate. So that's just it. But uh, again, where most people mess up with lettuce is they they start them inside, they keep them inside. They'd rather be outside where it's cool. That's what and sunny. That's what keeps them sweet. Okay, thanks. All right, appreciate it. Whew. So a lot of calls here all of a sudden. Uh, i got several different emails uh, that I want to share with you, but they can wait. Bill up in Greenwood, he can't wait. What's up, Bill? Oh, Felder, all the bad news and the news today. I'm so glad to get out and the garden. I can <laughs> forget about everything. You know that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. I do. What you got going? What can I help you with? I heard you mention something about those date lilies, my mama. Uh, I've still got a few coming up that she planted years ago. The orange daylilies, I think they're pretty. Right. Did they you are. People don't like them, or they can't buy them. Well, some some people don't like uh, Ford pickup trucks because they're not fancy. And that's mm-hmm. all. It, it's not a fancy daylily, and that's where it gets its bad rap. People trying to be uppity talk bad about stuff that other people find beautiful and alluring. Nothing wrong with orange daylilies. They're just not yep. fancy. That's all. I'd like to buy some more, but I've got only one left that she planted. It comes up every year, and uh, I'm, I'm worried about it, you know, because I've lost a lot of stuff she originally planted, and I can't yeah. find them no you know? You well, if, if you know where they are, you can dig them up and divide them into individual plants and spread them around, and they'll thicken up. Oh, you Real can? Real easy to divide. If you, crack your, if you can crack your knuckles, you can divide daylilies. Well, if you're not sure, it- practice, practice on a clump of monkey grass. And once you get the hang of, of dividing monkey grass, then try Mama's daylily. Where do you dig them up and, and divide them? Any time you can find them. Any time. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, I've got one left. <laughs> okay, man. Well, listen, let, let us know how it works. And if you can, I get. I, I bet you we can find some somewhere in LaFleur County that came from your Mama's yard that, that spread from there. Anyway, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye, Phil. Okay, let's slide. I think we got time to talk to Steve up in Memphis. Hey, Steve, thank you for calling. Uh, hi. Um, huh. Yeah, Felder, um, I never can seem to uh, grow uh, summer squash or cucumbers in my yard because of stem borers, and I'm yeah. wondering if I can um, – can I use diatomaceous earth on them? I've never used that stuff, and I don't know anything about it really. Would that be helpful? Well, di- well, first of all, diatomaceous earth costs more than your squash would, and it only diatomaceous <laughs> earth works by 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 it's it's like little tiny shards of glass that, that chew things right. up. Here's here's the deal: if you'll get you some lightweight insect netting, just an insect netting, any kind of netting, and put it over your squash plants, that'll keep all the insects off of it. But you have to lift it up in the morning and hand pollinate your squash. They have separate male and, wow. uh, male and female flowers. If you have a big enough me- mesh, honeybees can get through it, but the moth can't. So anyway, insect netting is the only way to keep that moth off. Otherwise, you have to spray all the time to keep something on the stem. So when those leaves hatch, right. when the eggs hatch, the caterpillar eats it, 
but by the time it kills him, he's already inside your vine. Uh, so, so anyway, some, insect netting and hand that, pollination. That lays an, an egg on the stem, and then the, and along comes the, that, the little stem. That, that's right. That's right. So anyway, good luck on it, man. That's the only only thing I can think of. All right. Okay, folks. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. All right. Appreciate it, it man. We got to scoot, folks. Got to call it a day. Hate to because there's lots more stuff to talk about. But uh, here at MPB, we're going to be back every week. Um, Gestalt Gardens Production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, uh, all the folks here, Java Chapman and me, just have a good time with this party. By the way, if you get a chance to get out and about, take a kid to a garden center. There's stuff you can plant right now. Teach them not just how to get dirty, but to be a little different. Remember, do something different this year. Sharpen your rough edges and be the best version of your weird self. Anyway, we're going to take a, a week-long break and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener here on MPB. If you got some questions during the week, shoot me an email, gardening at mpbonline.org. We're out of here.